welcome to Pedro Pascal, a Pedro Pascal podcast. I am your co-host. I'm trying to get my Javi and Steve shirt in the frame, and it is making my life difficult. Um, I'm your co- I'm like, I'm your co-host, Rachel Leishman. I'm your other co-host, Katrina Dennis. And this week, despite what my shirt says, we are not talking about narcos. Nope. Uh, we are going to talk about Game of Thrones, the show that I think many of us came around on yeah. the Pedro Pascal train off because of. Yeah. Uh, before we start, though, Katrina, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> It's just been, it's been one of those weeks. Um, I'm good. I, I, I spent some time with some lovely friends this week and, you know, got to, to do some nice things. So I, uh, I'm all right. I, I even like worked out today a little, put some, got some weights and lifted them. And so yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah got, got those endorphins. How are you? I'm good. I was looking, I did close my rings today. You said workout and I was like, did I close my rings? And I said, hey. close my rings. I'm good. I am going to see my family on Friday for my mom's birthday. You know, who famously shares her birthday with Harrison Ford and and so I've been doing my laundry, which I'll tell the listeners of the podcast, they like us. I was doing my laundry and I, the stair was broken. Mm-hmm. And so I laid out flat on my ass <laughs> in the rain on the concrete. And, Cause like my building has like this like courtyard and then you go down the courtyard and that's where the laundry room is. Mm-hmm. And so I walked down there. I was like, I'd already brought my laundry down. I had like been down there and I didn't fall. But this time I was on my phone. I was like, and then I hit the crack in the stair and laid myself out and my back hit the stairs. Oh my God, Rachel. You could have died. Happy Fourth of July! I busted my back on the stairs. That's been fun. Please stay alive. I don't want to have to get another co-host. Um, it would be really inconvenient for me. So, uh, yeah, my sake, been, don't fall down stairs. Save yourself. Don't fall down the stairs. So it's been a fun day. It just is sore. I'm fine. I'm. Okay. It's more my ego is bruised because I fell downstairs. And I was like, did I, did my fat ass break that stair or was it broke? <laughs> and it then the that's why I fell. Like what, what broke, which I was like, I justified it in my brain as clearly the stair itself had to be somewhat rotten mm-hmm. if it broke that easily. However, does not make me feel great if I broke the stair. So I'm hoping that the stair was broken and then I fell. And mm-hmm. so I just realized because of my fall that the staircase was broken. It's like an old wooden staircase. So it's not like that big of a deal. Like you could fix it very easily. And I think they did today. Mm-hmm. Still though, hurt. Because <laughs> I saw my life flash before my eyes as my legs went up. And in true me fashion, I was like, is my phone safe? Because, like, I thought my phone hit the, like, broke. Mm -hmm. It was my back, I heard, hit. (laughs) I thought it was my phone. And I was more concerned about my phone screen. Oh, no. Oh, Rachel, please. I'm fine. I can move and stuff. It's just sore. But it is very funny because I was like, (laughs) did my phone break? That tells you our priorities, honestly. Like I was like, not my phone. I just had a whole thing about this phone. Uh, it was my back. Get some stretch again. <laughs> try to try to rest for like the next twenty four hours before you have to go get on a plane yes. and then hang out with a two year old. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's that time of year, baby, where everything is chaotic. Oh yes. Oh God. I 
I have uh, the month of July is not going to be so chaotic, but August is going to be absolute freaking chaos. So yeah, the more I think about life, I'm annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) And that's adulthood for you, kids. Just thinking about life is very annoying. Sadly, the truth before we start, there's not much news. Just one little tidbit that I think Katrina wants to take the lead on. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, there, I mean, the other Pedro uh, news this week was, you know, the, the Supreme Court ruling um, against same like some lady who made up the whole oh. thing. Like, oh, I don't want to make websites for gay couples, blah, blah, blah. And she like forged um, the existence of the person that she was trying to file the claim against. Um, so he he posted uh, on Instagram on his stories like a photo of the Supreme Court with like uh, queer and trans flags uh, laid over them, which I thought was very funny um, and sneaky of him. Uh, but the the big news, honestly, it's something we've kind of talked about uh, on the podcast before. Um, something that like I try to be really really aware of because I work in social media and that is the the parasocial connections between fans and celebrities or non-connections as they are. We see this in like every celebrity fandom, unfortunately, and it's something that like I try to keep at the forefront of my mind with this podcast, but so a fan of Pedro's went all the freaking way to Morocco. Um, you can where, go fucking way. Yeah, he, he is currently filming Gladiator 2 um, and uh, he was vibing on the beach in between. I'm an idiot. Sorry, I was like, why is he? I don't. Yeah, I'm so checked out. I I mean, like, if it helps, I only I only found out he was filming Gladiator too because when I looked up this thing to criticize, um, that's what like is on Twitter right now saying he's there filming Gladiator too. So he's there in the Morocco Malta era uh, area um, filming Gladiator too. <sighs> he's like, go to the beach to chill out in between like work, which is totally what I would do if I were in Morocco. And this this person flew to Morocco to track him down and try to meet him. And that's uh, that's a lot of effort, first off. A lot of money to, like, want two minutes with someone. Like, I hope that this person had a really good vacation because that's something that I would simply never invest in. But then this person approached him, a stranger, on the beach while he was relaxing in between, you know, filming is hard. Those are, like, 10 mm-hmm. to 18-hour work days and wanted time with him. And, uh, you know, apparently that time was was uh, rejected and, and he went on to do his business and stuff. And and the person was very upset, very offended, said that, that he crushed their dreams, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is, if I am on vacation and a stranger comes up to me, a stranger who is either attracted to or invested in me that I don't know, I will also be uncomfortable and ask them to leave me alone. Like you, we, mm-hmm. as women, especially like women and non-binary folks, people who just look good. Um, we like, we get this stuff every day on the street. People come up to us, men come up to us and harass us. And I think that like people need to put that scope into the fact that like, you know, Pedro is a celebrity. Yes, but he's a person and he was probably trying to freaking relax. And if some stranger who like has this investment in him that he doesn't have the energy 
to accommodate comes up to him, it's going to be an uncomfortable experience. We, we go to fan events, we go to premieres, we go to, you know, like Paley Fest and things to see him. And that's appropriate because that's when he expects to connect with his fans. And I think that as upsetting as it might be to encounter someone and have them kind of brush you off, you have to understand that like these, these are people <laughs> as well. People who work really long hours to bring you the entertainment you want and the entitlement to their time is something that I think is entirely unfair. So I think that like if, if I were to send out any message, message to the Pedro fandom, which is incredible. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for listening to our podcast and generally being super awesome people. It's also just like, you know, you got to put yourself in his shoes sometimes. You've got to understand that like approaching your favorite celebrity when they are not in a position or equipped to like have you around them isn't always going to go the way you want it to go you know like that's it's it's gonna be a negative experience just as if someone came up to you and harassed you you also would feel negatively about that and want them to go away um so it i'm sorry that this fan had a bad experience but i sure wish they wouldn't have flown anywhere and would have just stayed in the u.s and waited for the next fan event he would have been at to encounter fans and like talk to them and spend some meaningful time with them because like that's to to feel that entitled to someone time is I think unfair and perhaps even a little mean you know so I hope that like that the message and the lesson that everyone kind of learns from this is like you know there are a lot of opportunities to hang out and meet him and all of that but like you gotta go for the ones that this man woke up prepared mentally to do you know like it's 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 only fair and it's the kind thing to do you know I do want to note I started laughing halfway through that but it's because I realized you said you have to realize when when men and women and non-binary folk uh, who look as good as we do uh and so I just <laughs> when I Sorry. realized that's what you said I just I think in the middle of it I can't help it I mean um, we're, we're hot so you know but I feel bad because <laughs> you, were, you were saying important things and I just started laughing <laughs> I realized I'm what sorry. you said it was, like it was a delayed reaction of like what did Katrina just say and like I laughed just wanted to note that for the people watching on video that I was not laughing at the situation I was laughing because I realized what Katrina <laughs> said I mean sorry. I understand that like listen I've been that person who's like, I live in a city someone lives in. I see them somewhere and I'm like, oh my God, that's so-and-so. I I don't know if I want to talk to them. I don't, whatever. I get that. This is a different situation because someone flew to a foreign country simply because they knew he was going to be there. And then in the same post tagged people who lived there and said they had great interactions with him. And I was like, yes, those people lived there, saw him, spoke to him as people who live in the place that he was he was at. Mm -hmm. And it is a different situation than someone showing up somewhere and saying, I demand your time. I flew here from a foreign country as if that means anything when it is not like I went to a convention and I spent hundreds of dollars or I happened upon you in my own hometown kind of situation. Even then, if someone has a bad day, they have a bad day, you walk away and you go, well, they had a bad day, I guess. Like, don't get on planes unless you have a paid for ticket mm -hmm. into something that is a known event. Yes. 
Otherwise, don't get on a plane. Like, and it's like, it's, it's sometimes things luck out. Look at like producer Ashley. Producer Ashley was just coming on a trip to New York and it just so happened. It was like, they announced all this stuff while she was here. So we were like, mm-hmm. okay, I guess we're going to do that <laughs> stuff. But like, don't be getting on a plane. Who wants to go on a plane? Watch the show Lost. If you think you want to get on a plane to go anywhere, mm-hmm. watch Lost. Better yet, watch another Matthew Fox program. Watch We Are Marshall, a movie about the plane crash with the Marshall football team. Are you trying to traumatize our listeners against flying in planes? Yes, that's exactly exactly what's happening. (laughs) Can't think of another example of a plane crash other than Matthew Fox movies and shows. Sorry for that. Uh, I know he's one on the Universal lot. I forgot what it's what it was called. But oh, it, War of the Worlds. There's a plane crash yeah, in War yeah. of the Worlds. Rihanna filmed a music video there. <laughs> Tom Cruise knows about toy. <laughs> Tom Cruise knows about plane crashes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, just don't 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 go to a country that you know someone's at. Take, yeah, take if anything, take the me and Ashley approach. Whenever we know that that man is in the city in which we live in, we're like, what are you doing here? Leave. I don't yeah. want to run into you on the street get out of here i i mean like i i've dealt with like uh, you know i've I work in social media i've dealt with uh especially when i was working at like wizard world comic con when that was still happening i dealt with a lot of people who were like super obsessed with certain celebrities and they're i think that's when like i first encountered that entitlement because like you know david tennant's mom died and he had to cancel his appearance And his fans were generally gracious, but there were like one or two who were like, how dare you? I paid $300 for this. And it's like, nobody dared, man. (laughs) Like, nobody wanted this to happen. Someone died. Yeah, someone died. It's not an affront to you chill out um so yeah it's it's just keep it at the top of your mind that like there are always and and hopefully forever hopefully this man works until he decides to retire at a fine old age but hopefully for the next 20 years you will have opportunities to meet him where he is supposed to be and where he expects you to be you know like go to fan events go to conventions get into premieres if you can and that's where that's where that that I mean, it's, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, socially and culturally, that's where it's acceptable. And that's where, like, you know, people are in the mindset to talk to you and give you that meaningful interaction. Mm -hmm. So... If you want that, like, plan it out right. Don't go to Morocco. He's here. <laughs> he lives in the United States. Um, and you don't need to go, fly Listen, that far. you can go to Morocco if you are, like me, a fan of the film Casablanca. Am I going anytime <laughs> soon? No. Someday, maybe. Not anytime soon, though. But... Don't go to Morocco simply unless you know what if you are a huge Ridley Scott fan and you want to see the set of Gladiator, more power to you. But don't go just because you want to like follow someone around on the beach. Don't. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm excited for Gladiator too though. I love Ridley Scott. We love and respect Ridley Scott in this house. Yeah. But yeah, but relax. Like I yeah, dude. You know what? Uh, the, that just reminds me. We of course we've both seen. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. But like coming out of that movie, um, you know, no uh, offense to Antonio Banderas, but uh, that was definitely a Pedro Pascal role. Like that, that role he was in where it's just like, I just love to swim and I'm dead now. Like that's. I'm besties with Harrison Ford. 
Yeah. I like swimming. Here's my boat. I'm yeah. Greek. Yep. Maybe. Whatever. <laughs> I did love shout out to my people, the Sicilians. I don't know why I said Sicilians like that. I was like, so, 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 Sicilians. So, uh, but Sicilians. Shout out to the Sicilians in India. Jones and the Dial of Destiny. But, yeah, we bring this up because they are in Morocco for a good portion of that movie. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, they are. A lot of people are in Morocco. You know where you shouldn't be? Morocco. Um, yep. Unless you live there. Or this vacation was planned weeks and months in advance. Yeah. Like, I, I would even... No, I still wouldn't. Like, if you were on vacation in Morocco and you decided to go harass them on the beach, I still would be. <laughs> let, let him live. Like... <laughs> up a sign that said i've had this plan this trip planned for a while this is just a coincidence just to clarify i am not stalking you <laughs> this is a coincidence I, um, I just i i want us to like as a fandom too like i just want us to to kind of like integrate that into our culture because a fan culture is it has its degree of unhealthiness and the better we are about it like like from the older fans to the to the younger fans the better the next generation of fans are going to be because we establish that practice in mm -hmm. In our culture it's like how new yorkers like wordlessly know to move once to one side of the escalator you know like that's that's kind of they don't do that here in california um <laughs> and we know to we walk on the sidewalk like how you drive a car exactly one um, side. i will also note please stop tagging his sisters and his groomer and things that you want attention on i'm begging you I get yeah. it. When you see people who are online a lot, you're like, oh, if I tag that person. But enough. There was no reason that Coco was tagged in that novel of an Instagram post. <laughs> Just use your brain cells. Yeah. Like, I, I understand. Obviously, we understand what it's like to love Pedro Pascal. We made a show no, about No, we it. actually hate him. <laughs> but, but at the same time, mm, like, surprise. I constantly put yourself in his shoes and think would I like this if someone did this to me and do it with all of your favorite celebrities influencers people you look up to like there's always going to be a time and opportunity for you to connect if you really mm -hmm. really want to but you know be cool about it guys like this this reflects on all of us too so like please be chill please be chill be chill be chill chill out that's all sometimes, I had to say. <laughs> sometimes you have to chill out. And like, listen, if, if this happens and you have a bad experience, maybe, in my opinion, don't go on Instagram.com or the Instagram app, wherever you get your Instagram, and <laughs> yell at the person. Uh, don't do that. Yeah. Because I don't think that anyone's going to be on your side. No, no. It did not work out very well. And here we are now talking on it, talking about it on the show. Like... Yeah. It just, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that this happened, you know, but I, I hope that like it makes people think a little harder about like parasocial relationships and how we interact with like famous people and celebrities and things like that. You know, it's, it's not worth the energy to get yourself hurt when you're already doing something a little weird and creepy, you know? Yeah. And listen, there are two sides of this coin because there's the the side that is so overly protective of grown adult men that they hound perfectly fine situations. This mm -hmm. is the opposite side of that coin, where this was not a perfectly fine situation and things got out of hand. Um, and let this be a little red warning flag of like, don't do that. Yes. We get it. You want to talk to Pedro Pascal. We all do. This yeah. podcast is designed so that we one day can talk to Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yes. We understand. Maybe, maybe, 
You just don't get on planes and fly to foreign countries and then get angry when you say, I flew here for you. And someone does not accept that. No. In a way that is is, is open arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's all. Super weird. But uh, hopefully some lessons were learned. Hopefully we can all take some, some, some I don't know, lessons out of this. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, it's just an uncomfortable situation for everybody, honestly. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uncomfortable situations, <laughs> remember when Joffrey died? That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about today. Oh, that was weird. Yeah, that was Padro Pascal. I mean, it wasn't uncomfortable for me. I was kind of like neat. Uh, I hated that kid. I was meaning but- more the weird scene that happens in one of the episodes that we watched for oh. this episode in particular. Yeah, because I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Just watching these, like, oh, right, that happened. Yeah, there are a lot of things about Game of Thrones that I put out of my brain. Um, and I was reminded of some of them this week. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. Yeah. So we, we watched episodes three and four of season four of, I almost said supernatural, kill me, of <laughs> Game of Thrones. Um, oh, boy. Which, yep. what a choice, because Oberyn is in one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the two episodes that we watched. And the scene in question is an orgy. So because he is it is it is his bisexual orgy mm-hmm. to be more clear because he's like, I just love people. Um and we love that for him. Me too. He said, Why pick? And yeah, gang, why pick? Exactly. I you know what? I have the buy flag up here. There. <laughs> like, there. there we go. Right here above the board cube um and and i i just you know because yeah, board cube board cube yeah. famously virtual yeah the uh, the pedro pascal board cube yeah no i i i okay so i was excited about this character from the beginning because before pedro pascal got famous there was very little representation of chilean people in popular media and it was i guess it was just like super exciting for me to see a Chilean person playing like such an impactful role in the story. Like we already mm-hmm. knew what Oberon was going to do, what his fate was and how he would like shift the tide of the story in that way. But, um, but seeing his introduction and also seeing these episodes and seeing him not only as a, a Chilean actor um, in a major, major TV show, but also an openly queer character being played by that Chilean actor was just like, I had never felt that kind of representation and over and resonated mm-hmm. with me so strongly. Like I, I am a prequel Pedro Pascal fan because this is when I came in to, to, to who he was. And I looked him up and like, you know, mo- like most millennials, I had watched all of Buffy, but it didn't, it was never highlighted. Like, Hey, this guy that showed up in this one episode was Chilean. Because if if that had been highlighted to me, let me tell you, he would have been my Buffy the Vampire Slayer glup shitto. Um, I would have written dozens of fanfics about him. Could you imagine if that was a label given just like any time a random ass actor appeared in something? Like, you know, like VH1 and MTV, how you used to like do fun facts on the bottom? It was like an asterisk. <laughs> And it was like, so-and-so's family hails from Sicily. Pedro Pascal, who plays Eddie in this one scene, is Chilean. Yep. And I would have taken it and run. I've always been like that. That's, like, as a Star Wars fan, I've always been like that. As an anime fan, like, 
I can't tell you how many characters I like that have been around for one episode and then died. And then I went on to write like 20 fanfics about No, I just think it would be funny though, like you specifically being like, if I had known that Eddie from that episode Vampire Slayer was Chilean, I would have I would have loved him. Like I wish it had the asterisk information. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you need to know, Katrina. This actor is from Santiago, Chile. Pop up video, Buffy style. Would that make him my 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 buff glup or my buff shido? <laughs> buff shido sounds better. <laughs> we should be in jail. Buff shido. <gasps> How is this a podcast that people on the internet will listen to? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'm dizzy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So- 99% sure there are people who listen to this who know him and we're like, we're both shit No. <laughs> As always, this is the one he's going to listen to. <laughs> where we yelled yeah, at people yeah. for 20 minutes and then for a full minute laugh that <laughs> oh no oh but even oh. worse is when Ashley is going to inevitably Ooh. cut all of them <laughs> <laughs> oh I guess I'm on Game of Thrones <laughs> oh my tummy hurts Yeah, Game of Thrones orgy. Uh, yeah. So, so we we so we watched episodes three and four. He's not in four. <laughs> it's just a long episode, but it has a great Brian scene, and I love Brienne of Tarth. Mm-hmm. So duck in rage. However, the episode that he is in does include the iconic, and by iconic I mean gross, Cheney raping Cersei while their dead son's body. <laughs> Just like mm-hmm. buying them because this is a serious show that exists, and we were like, "This is art." I was not. <laughs> I meant society I, as a whole. I got, like, us was claiming, like, I got society. like in trouble with 4chan because I like criticized Game of Thrones all the time for being like way too like like I knew it was gonna be violent and stuff, but it's just like the. And there are like articles about like the onset experiences and how awful it was. But I just feel like it got even edgier um, in ways it really didn't need to. Uh, but I, I kind of knew that that scene was coming, and uh, and it was uh, definitely. There are scenes in Game of Thrones that I have fast forwarded through and just covered mm-hmm. my eyes uh, for. Like I think I've said on the podcast before, when when Oberyn ultimately meets his fate, I've never actually seen that scene. Like I haven't opened my That's eyes. That's right. To you've watch said it. that here. Yeah, I always, I always cover my eyes when I like, when I know he's about to, and yeah, just listen to the squelching sounds. That's enough for me. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it was, it was pretty intense, but, but I thought like this was such a cool intro for Oberyn. I thought what was interesting about this episode uh, and that particular entrance is that it's not just Oberyn who's like highlighted and introduced in that scene. Um, it's also his his paramour, um, whose name I have immediately forgotten, uh, but she's played by Indira Varma, Ilaria, and that that's his his paramour, not his wife. I think his wife is like dead, 
but he also has like several children by like other women and stuff. I can't I can't remember. Like, Listen, Dorn fucks, and Dorn. I love Dorn. I am a Stark. I love Mm. Rob. Rob Stark famously was my favorite character. He died. I was like, I don't want to get into the show again. I loved Rob Stark too much. Started season four. I was like, who's that guy? And someone famously told me, do you know what happens to Oberyn Martell? And I was like, fuck this show. Always. I was ahead of the curve. (laughs) I said, fuck this show. If you're going to tell me that guy dies too. But uh, Starks and Dorne are the two coolest parts. Uh, Sorry to everyone else. I think you guys are annoying. I mean, I... I like the Targaryens and their bullshit. I think they're funny because they're so dramatic. But everyone else... I I, I love the the Dornish. Like, I liked... um, Oh, what are they freaking called? The Rose people. The Rose Uh, people. Yeah, I... Listen. Fucking Diana Rigg in this show is my favorite character because she... That's what I love is that, like, those folks come in and they're, like, like, ultimately they all get blown away and stuff. Um, Some very very figuratively, some very otherwise. But but they played the game pretty freaking expertly. Um, Tell Cersei it was me. (laughs) Never been so happy in my life. I love that thing. Um, the Tyrells. Listen, Ashley. Yeah, the Tyrells. Thank you. Ashley's cat is named after a Game of Thrones, so she gets it. But also, producer Ashley is over here listing things. Do you know how many Tyrells or Ty people there are? Because there's Tywin and Tyrion, and I don't know, fucking Ty Simpson. I don't know. There's so many <laughs> Ty names, and mm-hmm. then if it's like, you know who I know? Arya Stark, Bran Stark, Rickon Stark, Ralph Stark, Ned, Catelyn, Jon Snow, Oberyn Martell. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, and Khaleesi, Daenerys Targaryen, and also, you know, Khal Drogo. Because before he sucked, or he sucked, and then he got hot. And I like Matt Smith's nonsense, too. This show's a lot of nonsense, but if you go into Game of Thrones with, like, a vibes-only approach... <laughs> Fun. Oh, yeah. Which is what I ended up doing after all my favorite characters kept dying. <laughs> and, they, and that's just the, the the way Game of Thrones goes. Is like literally everyone's favorite characters die except for like one dude. I ended up loving Davos with his fucking soup in the end. That was who I was rooting for at the end of this show. I was like, get your soup, King. Get it. I mean, I, I always rooted for Arya. I was pleased when she was at the end and like, you know, everyone was like, oh, maybe she'll get with Gendry. And she was like, nah, I'm going to just continue murdering. Murder is what I'm marrying. Here's the thing about her. She is that Danny DeVito <laughs> picture. It's like, and then I just came back. <laughs> That's Arya's yeah. like, yeah, she's. She won't stop. She uh, she has a very long list and the list gets longer every day. And you know what? Relatable, because that's what my to-do list does. Can we also get a shirt that says, Ari Stark, is that Danny DeVito? <laughs> Danny DeVito as Arya Stark. Yeah, it's these episodes are hard to talk about because, like, over in stuff is first two episodes and then, like, the second half of this season. Because this episode is, like, here's an orgy where he talks about being bisexual um, because this blonde asshole is like i don't like women and he's like look at what god created and then he's like and also look at what god created with men great and by listen that blonde boy some people are gay some people are bi some people are straight We're, we all exist don't shit on Oberyn martell for being like i love everybody 
Yeah. Let him yeah. live his life. I just thought it was like, there are very few things I enjoy <laughs> about Game of Thrones, but I enjoy the way he just kind of scoped his queerness in that that sentence where it's just like mm -hmm. he didn't even dis he didn't even like wow, what is the word I'm looking for? He didn't like talk down on on that man's like like gayness. I don't know how to phrase that properly. He didn't dismiss. He didn't him. shit on that guy. He didn't yeah, shit he on didn't that guy. Dismiss him for the type of queer person he was. He just no. said like, "This is how I love. Like, this is how I am attracted, and that's that." And it's like done in like two seconds, and I just love it because it's like a nice, easy summary. And it was one of like back then, it was like one of the first prominent queer representations of men and men of color on television. And I thought that mm -hmm. that was just like, that resonated with me so deeply on top of feeling like so represented in that in that scene alone. Like I I dedicated my sword to Oberyn knowing fair, very well that he would he would die. Um, and I was still like, nope, that's it. That's, I'm, I'm gonna stand. I will say though, it also speaks to his character too, that like in that scene, that man is talking down to him. Because mm -hmm. he, like the the man is like oh what do you mean? you can't possibly like both of them equally and he's like i i do i'm a bisexual I man i like them both like i don't know what to tell you um and so it, but he doesn't he does not reciprocate talking down to that man he's like you you like men but he's like i think that this i forget what he says it's a it starts with a d the word he says and then he slaps the guy's ass and says the same thing but i can't remember what he says and he's like explaining that like how he thinks both women and men are attractive but it's like shows a lot about Oberyn Martell as a character that he is like you're talking down to me I'm not going to return that I'm simply going to explain to you that it's it's a thing mm -hmm. <laughs> like who I am and I love him we had it so good for four episodes mm-hmm and I, you know, honestly, I'm thankful for Game of Thrones because it did produce Pedro Pascal at Comic-Con where someone placed a Sailor Moon wand into his hands and it quickly became my favorite photo of him of all time. And so I just, I can't. Like, yeah, that was a great photo trip because he also had, like, I think he had a Guinness. He was yes. just having the time of his life. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he's he on a great old time. And like that's when Game of Thrones was like at its height. It had mm -hmm. not just like the offsite, which was was and continues to be uh, as of last year. Like they just have really amazing offsites where it's this great combination of like behind the scenes stuff and photo ops. And I remember that one like distinctly that year because like they had the the like cages that they climbed the wall in. Uh, you could pose with one of mm -hmm. Daenerys's dragons. And then, of course, like the throne was there, and like that was one of those offsites that was like you saw it wrapping around the building with the, the line. So yeah, I mean, it was it was a a great Comic Con, and and uh, and that's what I will always remember Game of Thrones for is like bringing Pedro to Comic Con. Yeah, and it was hot. He was in Henley. <laughs> I'll never forget it. It's just like it is upsetting rewatching these because I I know the like mark that Oberyn had. Especially on like me who like, like I said, my favorite character was Rob and I very, very much so was like, I'm, I, I it took me, I've told this on here before, but I'll say it again, just in case someone didn't listen to the first one, they're just listening to this. Rob Stark was my favorite character. I watched the Red Wedding, did not watch the finale of season three. Mm -hmm. Was like, okay, I'm good. I need, I need a break. Mm -hmm. Season four was like so Dardinger had had like an episode or two out. I watched the finale of season three 
Mm -hmm. I caught up on the two episodes I had missed. I went into school the next day in college. We had a computer room in my university. And I walked in and everyone was talking about Game of Thrones because it was like a Monday. And I was like, oh, I like that new guy. The guy who, like, this is his first season. And they were like, Oberyn. And I was like, yeah, that guy, I think he's hot. And they were like, do you know what happens to Oberyn, Marta? And <laughs> that's when I was like, fuck this show. Like, I, I gave it a chance again. Mm -hmm. But I think, though, like, it is unmistakable that it was like a huge fucking deal for how what seven seasons in total like just everyone wanted to talk about game of thrones it was great up until you know even the ending like i feel like the ending is a lot like things like birds of prey which i saw today and was pissed off because people suddenly were like birds of prey is actually perfect and i was like yeah where mm. were you when that movie came out you were being assholes about that movie when it came out mm. but like i think it's one of those where in like in retrospect, people are like, oh, it wasn't that bad. But at the time, everyone was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. You ruined everything. And I think it's like, that's kind of what's going to happen. Is like that final season, people are going to be like, oh, you know what? It's pretty good for mm -hmm. not knowing how the books end. But I think it's crazy, though, to look at Oberyn Martell as a character and kind of the staying power that Oberyn Martell had, where mm -hmm. people like me and you and other, like, not even just fans of Petra Pascal, like, people who just like Game of Thrones were like, oh, no, I like Oberyn as a character a lot. It's crazy to see, like, rewatch season four only and be like, huh, he's, like, really not in that many of these episodes for that long, but still has the, like, no, I'm so good as the Red Viper mm -hmm. that people are going to remember me. Yeah. He actually sat down with Entertainment Weekly. I just found this article. Um uh, back in April, not super, well, I guess super long ago now, but he, he kind of like went over and he was wearing the pink sweater, by the way, he went over like some of his best roles and like what he was thankful for. And this was right around the time of like unbearable. This, this pink out. sweater. Thank you, Lauren Ash. But this pink yeah. sweater. <laughs> yeah, that one, the pink sweater, folks, the <laughs> pink sweater. Um, so yeah, he's wearing it in this like interview video, but there's, he also like highlights his time as Oberyn and like kind of notes that like that was the role that like he he blamed out he not blame he he like broke out in um the quote for from Entertainment Weekly from him uh reads uh, Game of Thrones was this incredible ideal experience of really getting in getting to play this beautifully written iconic character who has a big in and a big out in one very solid season of the series. All I can really say is I had the time of my life and I wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for that role. And yeah, I mean, like I've got a, I've definitely got to hand it to like, you know, Game of Thrones, even though I have all sorts of problems with the show and the people who made it and all that stuff like that, that was the role that changed everything for him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. like we've talked about it. Like I was like, I didn't know who he was. Then realize I had like seen him in things, but like didn't know, wasn't like, who's that like it was like game of thrones was when i was like who's that guy oh wait i've, I've seen graceland he was in graceland he mm -hmm. was that guy in like kind of shit like that but yeah it's just it's it's crazy and like i know we're gonna get into it more when we like actually get into like the end of the season because like that quote says he is a big in those first two episodes are iconic mm -hmm. when we first meet over in martel isn't really in this not in episode four and then five through eight mm -hmm. right isn't it only eight episodes yeah 
that's that is when you kind of more see like why Oberyn Martell has the staying power that he does Mm -hmm. but yeah it did change like so many people know who he is I'm not getting into my whole spiel again about the prequels and the sequels and the original trilogy Mm -hmm. but if you go back and listen to my spiel that Katrina teed up for me it is like if you if you were watching Game of Thrones that's kind of why you knew who he was and were like that guy, because I remember being on Tumblr and everyone was falling in love with him. Like, mm-hmm. I remember so many things about, like, that era just because I was watching the show, like, friends at school were watching it. Like, people were still, like, invested. And then I didn't watch him die until I had to rewatch the show, and then I watched him die. Also, I'm glad we stopped trying to put thumbs in. <laughs> that was a whole time period where people were like, oh, put my thumbs in your eyes. That was super yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. That, that was a time in history. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I think out of his HBO shows, I think this is the one that made him. And then I think The Last of Us is the one that people, if they didn't already know, are going to be like, oh, he is that guy. Like he's mm-hmm. good in everything. Which, if it took you that long, what were you fucking doing? Honestly, come um, on, people. What were you doing? You but had a whole legit. ass you're show. Legit. Like, it's okay I'm if just... you're a sequel era fan. You're legit. But. Yes, but. You're more legit. I'm just showing you the show that told you he was that guy. By gesturing <laughs> to my titties. <laughs> I don't know if I've told this story on here, but when I went to New York Comic Con and Boyd Holbrook was there and I went to meet him, which was a whole shit show and I almost missed my, whatever. I went to the autograph table got my selfie, which was supposed to be like a regular photo op, but that fell apart. But it was very nice. They let me get a selfie and let me get my autograph for the same price as my photo op. So I was like, I don't care, whatever. Everyone else was there like, I love Sandman. I love the Sandman. And I rolled up in this. <laughs> he was like, oh. he was like, well, that's the first Narcos fan And I was like, oh. Steve Murphy, <laughs> what up? <laughs> like, I love Narcos. Amazing. Back on to Game of I just think these ones are hard to talk about because he's not really in them. Um, mm-hmm. We did cover, like, that scene is really important because it is kind of the, the the titular moment in Game of Thrones where, like, you see who Oberyn Martell is because, like I said, he could have been so mean to that fucking guy, which he was when he was starting to insult Ilaria. Mm-hmm. He was like, what do you mean she's not perfect? Like, you, ha- you have- she's an acquired taste. Like, he was, like, not having that and then kind of realized what was going on, took it answered the man's questions and was like and it's like you see a lot of who he is in that scene yeah. while naked in a bed making out with people <laughs> but that's over in martell and we love him for it it's uh yeah he was a big impactful piece of queer representation that like i think resonated with so many people and i think pedro you could see he was excited for the role because this character was unique he was he kind of had his own rules he wasn't playing the game really and and i just i love i love that scene i love the scenes he shares with with cersei because he's such good friends with lena Headey that like their chemistry just kind of like boils off the the screen and I love that. I think it is genuinely just like like weird because it's like these two episodes, like we said before, he's not in them that much, but it's still impactful. Like we're almost at an hour. Granted, we had other stuff to talk about, but like we're almost at an hour of talking about one scene. Mm-hmm. Like clearly there is important things in the brief moments we do get with Oprah and Martell. But yeah, anything else before we go to everyone's favorite? Oh, wait, you know what? Here's one more thing we didn't talk about. Ah, hey, look at that. We haven't seen that in a while. That would be Joel Miller's booty. You know what? I'm ready for everyone's favorite segment. 
Stage, stage, Welcome everyone to your favorite section of this podcast, Stage of the Week, uh, where we, your hosts, pick our favorite mustache of Pedro Pascal. We all, we both went over in Martel, not this episode over in Martel, but we went over in Martel. Mm -hmm. So we will start with you, Katrina. I just love it. It's just such a, and this scene is so great too, like I... I like the one thing I actually enjoy about Game of Thrones is that you are presented with so many options for people potentially like the the visage of uh, or the the image of people sitting upon a throne. You know, mm-hmm. if Oberyn were to get the Iron Throne, how would he look? And he looks. Uh, I would. I you know everyone else looks regal, but he sort of looks a little S L U T T Y. I appreciate it out. That's all. And I just, I like this scene. Like he's, he, he, someone in this scene is clearly taking a meeting with him. Um, And so, yeah, it's, you know. Um, I will briefly put up what I am assuming is producer Ashley's pick, which is one of my favorite pictures of Oberyn Martell in general, Mm -hmm. because it is just chest, necklace, robe, uh, curly hair, beautiful, Mm -hmm. great pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly that i picked this picture which is also oh. neck rope <laughs> curly. his hair's not curly it is straight but yeah i just i think oberon martel was just something else mm-hmm. i loved him i just everything about oberon martel i'm I've been obsessed with, I remain obsessed with. I just think he is like a top tier character, which is why I think it's so funny when like people who are just now getting into like Pedro Pascal don't want to get into Game of Thrones way yet. No, but just like, just get into Oprah. Just watch those episodes. Just, just listen. All you need to know is some shit went down. Joffrey sucks. You're happy he died. Yeah. And then just watch Oprah and Martell's stuff. Also maybe watch and Diana Riggs. Because Diana Riggs stuff is I think that's also, it's one of those defining roles of his, like, I'm going to die in everything era. Because, like, he was dying. The first one, like, yeah. Yeah. He, after that, he died a bunch in movies after that. Twice with the eyes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Twice in the eye. Yep. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with going back and enjoying the prequels, folks. Katrina, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me if you look for... Oh, Katrina, that's O-H-C-A-T-R-I-N-A on all of the social media sites. There are like 52 now, and I have put my name on all of them. Whether or not I actually am active there is a mystery. You just have to go find it out. How about you? Um, at Rachel Leishman on Twitter, at Rachel underscore Leishman on Instagram. And then if you search Rachel Leishman, all of my pictures are me with a lightsaber. Like, it's the same picture everywhere. So you can kind of figure out it's me. Just follow me. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on Threads. I'm on Hive. I'm on TikTok. I'm on everything because Elon Musk is killing the internet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Go follow me there. Uh, and you also can follow my work on the Mary Sue and Collider. Forgot to promote, like, my job. You can follow the podcast at Padro Pascal everywhere. Like, rate, review, subscribe, tweet at us, tell us what you want to see. We have cool merch from Alyssa because Alyssa rules. So get excited mm-hmm. for the cool merch. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, keep your eyes peeled on us. We're always doing things. Um, I might go back to Cali and meet Din Djarin himself. Ooh. Not Pedro Pascal, the Din Djarin in Disneyland. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> to be clear. You can hold a good conversation. You, you're going to have fun. Great. Can't wait. Just keep us in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, as you can see, this, this, <laughs> this podcast episode went off the rails in so many ways. So keep us in your thoughts, keep us in your prayers, and until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.